0: good afternoon i'm jordan peoples and marvel sucks
1: i'm cade weiberg and the tomato meter is wrong yet again (laughs) uh uh, marvel doesn't suck and i'm going to all right jordan i've been on i've been on quite an emotional journey with this movie uh Mm. i watched it tuesday at midnight as i indicated at the end of our does episode um and there were about 10 of us in the theater And as you know, you know this about me, and about you, we don't really care for the other two Ant-Man movies, per se. Yeah. I like all of these Marvel movies. They're all perfect in their own way, but Ant-Man and the Wasp is my third least favorite. Yeah. Uh, And Ant-Man 1 is like six or seven. Uh, Six or seven least favorite. So, I went into this with the lowest bar possible. I saw... The rotten tomatoes it was rotten when i went into the theater it was around it was above eternals which i ended up loving anyway so it's not really a metric that i follow and i watched this movie and i thoroughly had a great time throughout uh and then after the movie i we all went to the lobby and nobody liked it except for me (laughs) uh there and everyone had like well all right, that's not true. Some people liked it, thought it was okay. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and there were several people who absolutely hated it and said it was one of the worst Marvel movies they have ever seen. Uh, so I texted you as soon as it was over, and I said, this is the best Ant-Man movie. Paul Rudd is actually funny in this. He made me laugh, which Peyton Reed has not been able to make him do previously. Uh, and then I talked to these people for 50 minutes and they are just berating it constantly. Uh, and I text you back at like 3.50 a.m. and I was like, I don't know I, what I don't know what this. Maybe you'll hate it. I have no idea now. I have no idea. Um, and then I posted my review to Letterboxd, um, which I was. I, Whenever I review a movie, I write the, the score, and then I come up with a funny quip about each movie I do. And then occasionally, like for an A24 movie, I'll have a very serious analytical uh, statement. So my review for this was, you're telling me y'all thought Black Widow was better than this? Four question marks. Yeah. Uh, How did it- Did other people respond to this? (laughs) It got a lot of likes, but two days later, when people start seeing the movie, uh, cut forward to last night, I get food poisoning, and I am in my bathroom for four hours, and I am going through a lot of emotional battery (laughs) while I am half naked (laughs) in my bathroom. Everyone is commenting on this post, and Letterboxd rarely, like, people, people don't comment unless, like, one person does, and then they're like, oh, it's okay to comment here. Yeah. No one's going to be the first, but someone someone broke that line and was the first. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, someone so, broke through the, the barrier and the water yeah. gates were open. And the frustrating thing is I like Black Widow. I think it's a fine movie. I definitely <laughs> think it's worse than this, but they think I am a Black Widow hater. They think I am sexist. Uh, so I'll just read a couple of these. This uh, <laughs> is exciting. Black Widow greater than ant flop uh black widow is better acted directed written and executed so yes it is better <laughs> uh black widow is a top five mcu movie get the fuck out of here whoa <laughs> yeah i know uh there are several more i won't bore top anyone with
0: five you. that person hasn't made their list
1: <laughs> if
0: they <laughs> started know. listing them there's no way that would end up in the top five
1: it's insane how can you again i like that movie And I was trying to think, when I went into this movie, I had sometimes I go in with quips already prepared, sometimes I find out the quip during the movie. So, the three quips I came up with right as the movie starts, (laughs) and I'm like, I'm going to do one of these at the end of the movie and post my rating. Uh, The first quip was Peyton Reed actually showed up to direct an Ant-Man movie this time. Which, after watching the movie, it turns out he did not really show up to direct an Ant-Man movie, it seems. Uh... And then my other one was Paul Rudd actually made me laugh in an Ant-Man movie, which I didn't go with just because that seemed a bit more, uh, I don't know, you can argue that he has made me laugh once or twice in the other two. Uh, So I went with the Black Widow one, uh, just because that was the one I was feeling the most. And And you still got got flamed. And I have, yeah, flamed on opening night. The movie is, like, out today. So now <laughs> I the flaming is just going to continue. <laughs> Those were the most creative ones that I uh, yeah. just read to you, but there, I'm sure there will be more, and it's just going to be more emotional battery all weekend long. I've uh, never wanted I'm,
0: to start a letterboxed more.
1: You should start a letterbox, and you should rank your, your MCU movies just so you have it, and then you can slide them around whenever we do ranksgiving like I do. Um, That's true. So... I will tell you right off the bat, and as per tradition, I will tell you my score beforehand, and we will kind of weasel yours out of yours out of you, and you will say <laughs> it at the end. I have no idea what to think. Uh, you will think of this movie. I'm going to guess you think it's the best Ant Man movie because I know you don't like the other two. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I we don't know will other than
0: see that. what I'm... a mystery. <laughs>
1: <laughs> very very curious. Uh, this on my list. On first watch, and this is all subject to change, obviously, because I rewatch them and they slide around. But on first watch, this is number 22 out of 40 for me. I put it behind Falcon Winter Soldier and in front of She Hulk.
0: Okay, so just past the median.
1: Yes, and it, well, you're right below the middle. Yeah. So it's bottom half MCU if you want to get technical. But really, I mean, it's half. Yeah, but there, it's better than 18 other movies slash shows. Right. Um, So do you want to dive in? Do you have a... Should we, yes. Should we just go I, for I it? did
0: take some notes as I went.
1: Okay. Were so you, I'll be able to insert wait, in the theater some thoughts. Yes. Okay. W- what was
0: your... My what theater was, your, was... This is probably yeah. the emptiest opening night that I've been to. But probably you, because the reviews. Usually,
1: do you usually go on Thursday?
0: Often, Yeah. Oh, okay. I think me and Ellie have gone for all the past ones since, I think all of them.
1: Okay. Well, since No Way cool. Home. Wow. You've come a long way in six years yep. starting this podcast. You're now watching all of these opening night.
0: This is the first one, since I saw one with Ellie, this is the first one I've seen without Ellie. Because she is okay. in Knoxville. so that is And I'm harder. in Athens, and she, so...
1: And she did not drive up to watch it with you.
0: No. Or she didn't also go see it alone while I saw it alone so we could talk about it afterwards. She just had to hear me talk about it with no context.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, that's what I'm here for. (laughs) I'm like your Marvel couple, your Marvel wife. Um, (laughs) My Marvel wife. (laughs) uh, So this movie starts with a montage of Scott Lang, Paul Rudd Ant-Man. Reading his book. Um, this is also very, very small. Before we get to that, uh, the Marvel intro starts off the bat. There's no opening scene, which is pretty rare. Yeah. R- in recent years, anyway. But the intro scene, because the 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 title crawl comes, the Marvel crawl comes, and then it's Kang ends up in the quantum realm with Janet Van Dyne. Yes. And then it immediately cuts to uh, San Francisco, and Paul Rudd is doing his thing. I why didn't they put the title, the Marvel crawl after that Kang intro? Was it, do you think it was like too short? Maybe. I don't that, know. That I was just really such a weird, this, but yeah, that was a weird jump to go from the quantum realm. There's no crawl. Cause we have done previously, like with Gore, the God butcher, he's on his planet or whatever. Uh, and then you cut to happy, fun Thor time immediately after the crawl. Right. Uh, it, it felt like a weird. No, I mean I it's a
0: natural, it. natural barrier to separate those two different, uh, yeah, emotional things. So it's weird they didn't use that
1: as a segue. So this, especially starting as a flashback, like this takes place during her time in the quantum realm years ago. Um, so it immediately cuts to uh, Scott Lang, Ant Man. Uh, five minutes walking around San Diego or San Francisco, um, and he's reading his book over a montage. Um, make watch out for the little guy. I believe that's the title. Well,
0: and there's and there's that song in the background, um, uh, which it's like "Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back." Oh, okay. Which is a song uh, by a Guy. Um, I well, I'm gonna look this up. So you you can continue <laughs> for a second, but I think I know who it is. And you will be at least somewhat familiar with his work, if I'm right.
1: I wasn't really paying attention to the background music of this sequence. Because in this five minutes, I have already had more laughs at Paul Rudd in an Ant-Man movie than the other two movies combined. Uh, I don't know what it is, just why it synced up this time Uh, and Peyton Reed figured out how to make him funny but like the scene where he's reading the book and then he's making the same face that is on the book and it pans up from the book to his face and he's making that same expression mm-hmm. that made me chuckle i like how he's getting lunch uh with his friend or whatever uh jimmy woo notorious magician mm-hmm. um this was great i love this intro this intro i was laughing out loud several times and i think a couple other people in my screening were and then they were uh the laughter kind of died off pretty soon after.
0: Yeah, I would say I was I was uh, smiling politely.
1: Okay. Just like you Homer see? Simpson
0: was in that one line about the smashing pumpkin smashing pumpkins. pumpkins yeah.
1: yes. Uh so you did not I don't know why. That book thing reminded me of Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah. Just the way no, I mean like, I found it, it funny, but up. it
0: wasn't like enough to make me crack up. And it's also one okay. of those things is like maybe I mean I'll say even when you and I have seen these movies together and we've seen really funny ones, like I, did, we saw Ragnarok together, didn't we?
1: We did watch Ragnarok together.
0: Even yes. then, I don't remember like busting a gut that often in my seat, even though I was thoroughly enjoying it and finding it yeah. funny.
1: Yeah. I guess you're not really a big laugher in public. Apparently uh, not. To, to my <laughs> knowledge. That is a good point. I never thought of that. Um, so there's a five-minute montage of like him... Uh, hanging out, and almost immediately, ten minutes into the movie, we are thrown into the quantum realm. They do not take any time to dilly dally. Yeah, this is also a two-hour, five-minute movie. This is the shortest Marvel movie in a long time, right? God bless. Him. Gotta be. <laughs> Which I think is another uh, point in its on its uh, in be- in its benefit. Yes, to its, to its benefit. To you know what I'm saying. Uh, so. They immediately go to the Quantum Realm, Um, they're hanging out, family dinner, Uh, Scott and Hope are doing Ant-Man stuff, Um, that old comedian guy calls him Spider-Man, which is in the trailer, heavily promoted. Oh, and he's listening to his book, In the Car, and that whole um, reference of, I was the Hulk's, was I the Hulk's baby now? (laughs) I had turned into a baby. That was really funny. Uh, I love all the book stuff, and it's apparently a real book that will be released in September. Really, on Amazon for pre order,
0: well, that sounds maybe funnier in the movie.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I liked the movie <laughs> um yeah, I was laughing constantly uh so we get to the quantum realm and well, actually, let me pull up the plot, and make sure um Cassie is an activist now, and she's getting arrested just like her father um following in her footsteps and Hank and Janet are encouraging her uh, rebellious stage and Scott doesn't want his daughter to go to jail. Um, and she's doing some science stuff and she opens a communicator to the quantum realm um, and they all get sucked in there, the whole family. And Scott and Cassie gets divided up and uh, Hank and Janet and Hope all get thrown away and they're apart from most of the movie pretty much until the third act mm-hmm. i would say um what is your first reaction to the quantum realm itself so there's i mean i have a
0: standing problem with the quantum realm because it's okay i think we've discussed this on previous episodes okay but
1: the quantum realm is very small, right? Uh, I guess technically it's a universe, like an like how they say atoms or universe. Is that for Men in Black? Like the whole. I mean, it's universe the thing with the collar. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and there's a whole universe on it. So yeah, like the smaller you get, the more of a universe it is, kind of deal. Right. The bigger the universe is.
0: So if I if you shrink me down to the atomic scale, yes. And then I was to run, yeah, it would take me like. Who knows how long to even go an inch? Like it would be an enormous distance, right? Sure. Yeah. And yet in the quantum realm, there seems to be like, like it seems to be much more like a parallel world than it seems to be an actually small world. Because for instance, Corey Stoll, he was shrunk in the bedroom of Cassie's mom's house or whatever. Correct.
1: Yes. And yet now...
0: And now he's over here in uh, uh, what's his name's basement. Uh,
1: what do you mean basement? What, who's whose? It's like what you
0: know. You I guess it's uh the grandfather's house. Is that where they are when they go into the basement and they shrink, or is that Ant-Man's oh, house? Oh,
1: I see what you're saying. Yeah, I definitely don't view it as that. I view the quantum realm because they used it to time travel in Endgame, right? So it's just kind of a place. I also saw someone describe the quantum realm as the basement to the place at the end of Loki, the place at the end of time, Hmm. like with the ring around it. Yeah. Uh, So it is another universe. Yeah. It's not literally uh, you are. You're basically shrinking to the point where you're transported to another dimension kind of deal.
0: That's definitely, that's definitely what they seem to be implying, but it's like the shrinking part of it. Like, it seems like, okay, and there's some other weird stuff, too. Like, for instance, there's this kind of, like, giant bacteria-looking thing. Yes. It's like, how small are they supposed to be? Because even if, like, if they're, like, literally atomic scale, then that thing is way too small. Like, it should be way bigger than that relative to them, because atoms are so much smaller than cells. Sure. Um, But... Again, like, it's just like, is this supposed to be Tiny
1: World? But it's not really Tiny World. It's... No, it's... I would consider it, especially after Endgame, where they use it to time travel. And basically, it's just... Yeah, and So it's just a
0: coincidence that if you get small enough, you happen to be teleported to this alternate reality?
1: Yeah, basically, if you shrink to the point that you are no longer... You can... You physically cannot occupy Earth space because you become subatomic. You are teleported to this other dimension that is the logic within the marvel cinematic universe
0: yeah that's again <laughs> that's definitely implied they never say that they never say there's like a moment where it switches and you're suddenly not in small land instead you're in this new place
1: he does say in the first movie which i've seen so many times because i re rewatch these every year and that's not necessarily one that warrants rewatches um scott says because that's why janet lost yeah. Or that's why Janet went missing she shrank to the point she, wasn't, she didn't shrink to the point where you couldn't find her because she's so small she shrank to the point where she basically deleted herself from the universe mm. and she went subatomic and went to the quantum realm and the whole uh, conflict in the first movie is Hank is like Scott you can't shrink that low because once you go subatomic you can never come back from the quantum realm um, and it ends up you can as they all found out they went in together. yeah they've been in and out now Ant-Man they seem the to be they, yes. they seem to be able to do it pretty easy <laughs> they have navigated well ant-man and the wasp they figured out how to shrink down to the point where they teleport yeah well that, I, that solves
0: my second problem which is if every if they just all are shrinking then why are everyone in the quantum realm like about the same size like they yeah, just happen was to never... they happen to have shrunk of all, all the, f- the same amount relatively <laughs>
1: of all of the faults with this movie that never crossed my mind once. I and I, think I mean this is also, classic
0: Marvel sucks stuff.
1: This is, but this is like Captain America's shield was on the bottom shelf. Why did he pick that one? Which is just uh why are you why even make that
0: We'd have to go back. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you're probably not portraying my argument very fairly. I don't remember it though. No, listen to it. You
1: sound insane. <laughs> um so, yeah, Wait, wasn't my argument to something to do American with the episode? fact that
0: like that shield was made of the like rarest materials on Earth and the only one that possibly existed, and yet he kind of just had it like, oh, off to the side as if it's no big deal?
1: Yeah, on the bottom shelf, he's like, you don't want that. Yeah, that is weird. It's made of super <laughs> special material. But he had some other stuff, and maybe it was uh, maybe not tested fully. Yeah. Oh, man, we're going back to season (laughs) one of this show. This is some...
0: Unfortunately, I think this is the vibe you're going to get from a lot of this episode.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. All right, so I guess the biggest complaints... One, the whole movie... The Quantum Realm isn't real, so you can't film on location. The whole movie is in front of a green screen, which looks not the best. And a whole bunch of people just came out of Avatar. They have Pandora Fever. uh, And now they are holding every movie to that standard uh which is frustrating because though that movie is visually spectacular i care about all of those characters one fifth as much as i care about even the guy with the holes in this movie like the drink the ooze i like it I, right, I did right, i continue. like that
0: sequence i thought i thought the drink the ooze was interesting i thought it was fun i thought "cheaty being there was interesting who uh, the guy from The Good Place? His character's name was cheaty, in that. I don't
1: know what his name is. Oh, oh, the yeah. telepathic guy? Yes. Yeah. Did you yeah, not watch yeah. The Good Place? Uh, I don't like The Good Place. I think it's a bad show.
0: Uh. I mean, I, I watched have watched the first two, two seasons. We have discussed this on the pod. First two seasons okay. we have, forever ago. We have brought
1: this up. Yeah. Um, I believe... We brought it up when Patrick Fitzsimmons, friend of the show, was on, and he was commenting, "Why does everyone like this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills." <laughs> I get, I, I kind get, of jumped on that I kinda
0: get that because there's a sense I, I don't know. Like the humor did not immediately land for me for that show. Like it felt too corny and goofy. It really, but then it I watched enough of it that I got over that
1: you just it feels corny but it feels it's more of like a good you watch it to feel good show yes it's like the office versus parks and rec the office is much more cynical and cringy and parks and rec though it has similar humor you're with your family like you're you want to be with these people in Pawnee yeah and the office you never want to be in Scranton yeah uh, the good place you want to be in the bad place or whatever. That show sucks. I don't like it. Uh, but anyway. Yeah, I, I,
0: I'm just going to say my defense of it is that it's good <laughs> once you acclimate to its
1: uh, tone. I don't know if I have the time for that, Jordan. I sat through three and a half hours of Pandora last year. and That really <laughs> just... That was more time than I had for Pandora. Yeah. um All right. So they're in the quantum realm, right? Which basically this whole movie... The best review I saw before I watched this movie was it's Star Wars meets Rick and Morty. And that is 100% what the Quantum Realm is. It is a Star Wars set design, like especially when Janet is running around that first sequence. And she's like has the hut. It looks like Tatooine. Like it's straight up Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, and then all the characters and everything that happens in the movie feels like you're watching Rick and Morty's interdimensional cable. Like Everything that you see is just an insane. Like I can't believe they're doing this. This movie is the most insane Marvel movie that has ever existed. I mm. I don't think.
0: I mean, I think the that. character design was very cool and interesting. Um. Yeah. There was a lot I mean, of creative like stuff movie. like that. I just think, in terms of character, okay. This so, movie struggled a little bit uh like in terms of motivations i'm not saying that you can't tell me what the character's motivations are a little bit sure but okay i just think they were weak and they were just there's so one of one of like i can't think of that many other examples of this but this is a very common movie trope i don't have any specifics in front of me but like that thing where janet the whole time yep. for like the first hour of the movie they kept they keep yes. being just like explain yourself a little bit and she's like sure. She just like keeps staring off Big eyes wide open Being like there's no time We gotta do whatever It's like just explain while we go Just like just say like Oh there's a big scary guy here His name's Kang (laughs) We have a history I'll explain more later Like there's there's all sorts of ways She can at least like give them a hint Of what they're running from But it's like no no We want to save this for later So we just have to pretend That she's an idiot And won't say anything And just keep shutting up And it's like I know like, Like you'll be like Oh but it was like traumatic for and she was embarrassed about her role and how she, uh, you know, betrayed this weird quantum civilization or whatever. But
1: I I don't yeah, know. She was I, playing
0: it too close to the vest in a way that doesn't make sense except for to drive the plot forward.
1: And it did. And I will say I was really sucked into the mystery of the quantum rather ro- the whole time, like Janet Van Dyne. I do understand that argument, but I will also defend... The 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 choice to do so, because we have not seen her character really in any other movie. So for all we know, she is an insane person who never tells the truth, and that's kind of like I thought they were going to do some weird twist where Janet Van Dyne ended up being like a Kang variant, and she never actually left the quantum realm. Like he killed her in the quantum realm, Hmm. and then he she's like a plant that they sent back because she's not really in the MCU. She's at the
0: end. I would have much rather her been a plant. But I felt like they were That's cowics. what I thought they, was going to afraid
1: to do it. Uh, yeah, I really thought that was going to happen. Uh, and then when I... That expectation did not pay off. Uh, I it, I guess because I was thinking that the whole movie. Again, I have no but idea she was, how this movie is... I mean,
0: like, if you think about it now, that she is supposed to have been a good character the whole time, the way her character was acting makes no sense. <laughs> like, the only well, way that would make sense is if she was trying to hide something, like, deliberately. Also... I'm just gonna throw this in there while I'm while I'm going. But <laughs> while you're on your soapbox. And I think I said this back when the, we watched The Wasp or Ant Man and the Wasp. Ant Man and the Wasp 2018. They have given the Wasp nothing, like the actress Evangeline Lilly, I guess, nothing sure. to work with in terms of what her character is. She has sure. no attributes at all. Okay. She is such a blank slate. It's very frustrating cuz it's it's like she's uh, just Pepper Potts
1: 2.0. Yeah. she like, doesn't pe- love Pepper Potts. But
0: but it's not called Iron Man and whatever her superhero's name is. Like if your name's going to be on Iron the thing, Man and you got to make her a character, a real character.
1: Uh yeah, she doesn't really have any um any character development. That's that's fine. I again, I wasn't really
0: but she's there the whole time. If you're going to bring this character yeah. on this big adventure, like a hero's journey requires you, you go into some place that's unknown, you adapt to it, and then there's some like extra setback or whatever, which like damages you somewhat, and then you go back to the uh, re- regular world changed in some way by that experience. And okay. I would say so maybe the only you- character who has that here is Cassie, and even that's kind of maybe.
1: So... Are you saying this is um, Hope Van Dyne's character in all three of these movies?
0: I, I, I'd i say, yeah. She just has never been get, given anything. She's completely uninteresting.
1: Like, well, yeah, again, these... All right, let's say off the bat, like, is this the worst MCU trilogy? Yes. It's got to be, right? <laughs> like... I would think so. I mean... even all, like... All right, so Spider-Man's the best, obviously. Yes. It's got to be. Uh, and then Captain America's probably number two.
0: Doctor Strange I, isn't a trilogy yet, but like I feel no, like that, that that is going to be a contender. Could be the best.
1: Could be the best. Um, but we haven't seen the third one yet, and I don't even know who's directing it. I don't, wanna, yeah. I don't want that to get... I don't want to uh, will it into power, and then it is not bad, or hype it up. How, I, it'd be
0: interesting to see how we would feel about Thor if love and thunder had been like great because obviously you'd still yeah. have those first two movies kind of weighing it down but if they if yeah. it had felt like Ragnarok they found their stride and then kept it I, yeah. I think Thor would be like really high on my franchises as it is right now it is a little it's maybe the worst well not the worst Ant Man's the worst
1: but I didn't even factor in Thor because it's a quadrilogy like that is so because basically the first two I have low on my ranking list like Ant-Man 1 and 2 and then The third one is much higher. Ragnarok is obviously much higher than Quantum Mania. Yeah. But, and it that's so Thor puts it above. But Love and Thunder definitely now weighs it down a bit more. Yeah. Because that... Well, it just felt Ragnarok
0: was such a statement of like, we figured out who this character is. Like, we got it. This is it. And then it's like, oh, nope, there it goes. (laughs) Slipped right out of your hands.
1: Well, and we did get that character for... Uh, Infinity War and Endgame, and I think they nailed that, and they kept true to who he was yeah. during Ragnarok. They kept true to that arc, and then... Yeah, I don't... Love and Thunder. Weird weird movie. Um, okay. So let's return to the Quantum Realm. Yeah. Uh, they fight that huge sun blob cell. Also, I'm gonna say right off the bat, this is the best Ant-Man fight sequences in any movie, and I think Kang is also help, responsible for that, because he's... You know, such a huge villain and very interesting. Ant-Man... Oh, I also want to point out this trilogy thing that I've been pitching. I don't think I've pitched this on the podcast. My least favorite trilogies are... Well, maybe not least favorite. I just don't like this trope. Because some of these are good trilogies, but they they suffer. Uh, The first one is the hero learning their powers. The second one... Somehow, the hero has lost their powers and they don't have it mm-hmm. and then the third one they have their powers and then some and they're firing on all cylinders this trilogy is that Raimi spider-man trilogy is that mm-hmm. iron man trilogy is that and i just you know when you played those video games and you would spend the whole time like leveling up your guy in the first one and you did so good Then there's a direct sequel that takes place right after the first, and like, oh, all of a sudden, you lost your powers. You need to learn them again. Like, what did I just do during the whole first one? Yeah. So, maybe my biggest problem with Ant-Man and the Wasp, other than it's boring, and the worst thing these movies can be are boring, Black Widow, Ant-Man and the Wasp, is he never, like, Captain America Civil War, he grows full size. Uh And the whole movie of Ant-Man and the Wasp, he is struggling to go full-size, and when he finally does, he's just in the ocean to get someone, and I don't think he even... He's trying to reach for Walton Goggins. Like, it's not even a fight. He's just trying to grab someone on a boat, and then he shrinks down, because that's so anticlimactic. And again, like, you learn your powers in the first one, you figure out your suit stuff... And then the second one, like, his regulator's broken, so he can't properly shrink correctly, and he's that little kid running in the school. There's that whole sequence. Yeah. Uh, So when I saw this movie, and I am watching him shrink up, down... This is the coolest shrink stuff I've seen in any of these Ant-Man movies, or any movie that Ant-Man is in. I I definitely think...
0: I think that's true. Like, that this like the, in terms of this is power i and i also think like i've already said this is a very visually interesting movie i think you're right that the fight scenes are the best they've been in this though i will have some criticisms of the later fight scenes i think the earlier fight scenes i don't really have much to complain about um and i yeah. think are interesting but my problem is as a viewer i don't mm. care about what these characters like they they've given me no like you know, they didn't set up like what the what these characters want. Like, what does Paul Red want to save his daughter? Okay, sure. Like, sure. That's but we'll that's that's kind around, of an but... easy one. Like, is there something okay. else he wants? Is he yearning for? You know, does he want to find his place in the world after after saving the world? Like, I mean, they kind of start talking about that at the dinner, but they never really follow that at all. What does Evangeline sure. Lily's character want? Like, we show her for like two seconds being like a boss lady. It's like, yes. and I I think she's pepper Potts. I know, but that's so lazy. Cause it's like Marvel <laughs> should have strong female characters, but instead of actually yes. making a strong female character, they just put her in an office in a pantsuit and like act like that makes her strong.
1: It is so weird too. And so the Marvel's just got delayed to November from July. Um, they are only releasing two Disney plus shows guaranteed this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the previous five that they had on the roster because disney plus lot lost a lot of subscribers and the internet trolls miss marvel and she-hulk so when disney is making miss marvel and she-hulk i think unfortunately they are listening to the very vocal minority on the internet saying we don't want these unique women we want a cookie cutter hope van dyne pepper pots and this Trilogy, or this franchise, was started in 2015 where before they had started getting a bit more creative with those characters and making them. Because Captain Marvel, I guess, is the first, like, female lead character mm-hmm. who isn't kind of just in these movies as the love interest. I guess you can argue Black Widow. Um, yeah. Even though, like, the whole point of her in Iron Man 2 is being eye candy. Um. And again, then that movie comes out, and I feel like they told, did a total disservice to Black Widow's character. Uh, but like yeah, you so know, Black, Black sounds, Widow
0: eventually did get stuff to work with. You know, she like, has an like, she has a
1: arc, yes, a and big then arc and throughout. then she you
0: like you know she cares about things. She's hurt by events. She grows emotionally. Like there's stuff like that, and then this this movie just refuses to do that. And like like, uh, what is the old Ant Man guy's name? Hank. Hank Hank Pym. Hank. Thank you. I mean, he doesn't grow at all, which maybe you don't expect. Like, he's an old guy character, so maybe there isn't that much growing to do. But, like, again, like, if you just give all these characters some sort of motivation in the beginning, something that they're, like, striving for. And then over the course of this movie, you have the events of the movie help them realize that about himself. Like, maybe... Like, there's that moment where there's, like, Bill Murray, and there's, like, some tension there about, like, you know, yeah. whatever, their, whatever their history is. Maybe you could have mm. him be, like, self-conscious because, you know, his daughter's running his company now. He feels like he doesn't have much value to contribute to the world anymore. And then sure. when his aunts come in at the end to save the day, it's like, look, I still have unique things to add to the world that could have made them better. Like, there's it's like the well there you go you just gave him an arc but the movie didn't (laughs) like the (laughs) threads are there like you could have done it and there's just no excuse not to do it and and it's a two hour five minute movie i don't want it to be longer and it doesn't need to be but if it was if it took them two hours and 10 minutes to add 30 seconds of developing a a conflict for each character
1: add that because i so it sounds like and i again going into this Discussion. I did not. This was not an argument I anticipated because <laughs> I heard I talked for an hour after this movie to people shitting on several other things yeah. that I not necessarily came up with counter arguments for because it's this isn't the easiest movie to defend, yeah, even though I thoroughly like it. Uh, I think because the first two movies are so weak and don't make me care about these characters really at all. I don't care that it's not really a tidy bow at, at the end of the arc. Like, and So what, what was your stance? They got rid of... They did the Ragnarok treatment where Thor 1 and 2, he has his ragtag gang, uh, which you notoriously hate on this podcast. Yeah. You have said there is no purpose for them to exist. Ragnarok, they get rid of them. Uh, so they do that for this movie. They get rid of Louise. Uh, they get rid of... The other two, whose names I don't know because they are so unimportant yeah, to this you? franchise, uh, and then they get rid of, uh, say goodbye to these from Arrested Development, whatever her name yeah. is, um, the wife, the wife, um, which I think is a good move because I think those characters, if anything, just weighed down this franchise. Except Louise, Louise in the first one, with his uh, little story about like you know him talking through that it was the
0: funniest moment of the film which is a shame
1: when you have paul Rudd in your yes exactly and then ant-man and the wasp he does it again he just does the same joke again yeah and it's not funny because he's already done the joke and fans are like oh yes this is the same thing he did in the first movie but i don't want to see that again yeah come up with a new joke uh so i yeah i don't really care about any of the, the I'm just watching this movie and I want to drink a whole bunch of Bud Light and just watch a whole bunch of shrinking fights. That's really <laughs> what I got out of this movie. And I like the characters. I think they're all fascinating. Uh, and yeah, if if the Wasp didn't get her arc again, I think I would be like, more... Like Ant-Man didn't get in, an arc. Really? No. Just, I, I miss I, my I daughter. Be, <laughs> I would be much more invested. And it was weird too, because they the trailer for this movie made it seem like i missed so much time like he was gonna make the deal with kang they kind of did a misdirect where he's like you missed out on time with your daughter when you were in jail i can give you all the time you want and then they completely pivoted from that in the movie to janet van dyne is like missed out on time and that was the deal that he made with her to get her time back Mm -hmm. with her family which was really weird but i would be more invested in your argument if I cared about these characters from the first two, and so far I have not had as big but, a reason. If one and two are really good, like if they did this to uh, Captain Spider Man or Captain America, I would be pretty upset, probably.
0: Okay, but my thing is, even if they didn't set this up before, they could set it up now. Like, you don't have to have like some sort of groundbreaking story to make someone care about a character. Like yeah. it can be, it can be the most minor thing. Like, uh, you know, one of the best examples of this is like community. Community is really good at doing like these little microcosmic, uh, yes. stories where it's like, like some, like it doesn't matter what the the stakes are. Like it could just be about a big pillow fort or whatever, but it becomes sure. bigger because you just set up you you put all the story beats there. So e- like yeah. they don't need old story beats to go off of they could have just introduced him for this movie and you can make it make us care about these characters for the first time sure um, that's fair and I I was just yeah. it, it's, it's almost like insultingly inept because it almost just felt like they didn't even try or it's not that they didn't try entirely they occasionally made like some subtle feints to it like you're saying they kind of set up this idea that he's missed out all this time with his daughter that's an interesting thing to explore but they don't actually explore it they just kind of like like you know pretend like they're going to then don't really and then have them hug while giant (laughs)
1: uh i know we are 38 minutes in or 39 i know we 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 got off the plot so hard No, no, no 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 i need to i haven't given my adventures which i always do at the beginning oh oh, yes my rating (laughs) and i hide my rating
0: for the end you'll never know what i think
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh so i give it four and a half adventures my adventures at the table are big ant-man wasp cassie lang i guess we can now she can be our two-thirds maybe well she kind of has the same powers we'll we'll work this in uh offline
0: off air Mm, she could be Uh, two-thirds why not just because we need one (laughs)
1: <laughs> all right, Cassie Lang can be because she is kind of like Big Ant Man, but not quite as big. Yeah, there you go. Or, or she doesn't get as big as Big Ant Man. Um, yeah. All right. So, uh, my Avengers, uh, Big Ant Man, which is two, we'll get regular size Wasp, regular size uh, Cassie Lang, and Bruce Banner. There we go. A, the big Quantum Realm. Crew. So what's your right, score? Should we four and a okay. half? And we are adding. Are you adding that to the sheet, or would you like? me? You can go ahead and do it. Right. I also have I that am. I could. Well, it's. I'll do it. I'll do it. So um, I'm right, just gonna get back to the yeah. plot. So right. I think
0: where we left off is with we're with. Okay.
1: Well, we're, we just got to the quantum realm, right?
0: And Cassie and uh, Scott. Scott make it to this kind of rebel outpost. Yes. And I. Okay. So this is a sequence I think is good. Like I'm starting to be like, okay. okay. And you're introducing, okay. but then you start introducing me to like a lot of these new weird characters like so you have okay. cheaty you have the guy who wants holes and you have the <laughs> yellow warrior lady oh and you have the guy with the cl- clear head with the laser
1: yes which yeah, I, I thought which he is... was he was very cool yeah. um i like all of these it it feels like an interdimensional cable episode of rick and morty and maybe that is also why i don't feel it, it. does because f- that's not yeah it's connected by plot threads that is just they're throwing a whole bunch of shit at you and that's kind of what this movie felt like to me. And I wasn't really looking for plot threads per se.
0: Yeah. I would say that um, I think they could have collapsed the yellow warrior lady character with Chidi's character or something. Okay. Just cause they, yeah. I mean, I don't know what she, it, it's just like, it's, it's they have like these four I, characters. Sh- I don't know. I guess
1: she's more for Cassie Lang. I don't know. I, I, she, seemed like because cassie's motivation to throughout the movie is she feels what does she say like um the lady tells cassie that she fucked up or cassie feels like she fucked them over when she led them right to her and cassie wants to be a hero and she's like an activist she wants to feel like she's but you could have just given
0: that lady telepathic powers and then just combine those jokes because
1: well, cuz the I'm pretty sure the um telepath guy is a character in Marvel Comics that they want to use in the future. So I uh, think this, this was his backdoor pilot. Yes, I believe so. Okay. Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I I think his name's Quasar. Like I think I I could be totally. I mean, the fact that he I'm, was
0: cast as a recognizable actor definitely yeah. lends that some uh credibility. I'm
1: like 90% sure this is his backdoor pilot to be in other stuff. Yeah. Um so they're hanging out in the hut, and then Janet Van Dyne, Hope, and Hank are all hanging out with Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, did you know Bill Murray was going to be in this?
0: Was he in the trailer that played during the S- Super Bowl or the NCAA? or what? Where was it? The college football? He
1: was. He's in a trailer. So um, if it
0: was the, one of the TV ones, I saw it. I didn't see a single trailer on YouTube though.
1: Okay. I don't know if he's in the TV ones because I only watched the YouTube
0: ones. Yeah. I felt like I wasn't surprised when I saw him. So I must have seen something that told me he was going to be in it.
1: Yeah. And Bill Murray in this, my cousin was there. And my cousin really hated this movie. He also hated Eternals, which is a very good movie that I love. Um, but he was, and w- both me and him, our fathers are both huge Bill Murray fans. They showed us Stripes mm-hmm. and Ghostbusters and all that stuff growing up. And my cousin was like, Bill Murray was hilarious in this. And I'm just thinking, was he? He was just kind of there. And he wasn't really doing anything that was... I think they just got Bill Murray to just be himself on set and let him do whatever he wanted for, like, five minutes.
0: I do think the way he was kind of teasing at their previous love affair was kind of funny. But... Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, like, hysterical. It was... it, It did feel a little bit like... I guess we're just having Bill Murray, Bill Murray, because we could. Yeah. More than yes, they had like a that, plan. They could have, yeah. He,
1: he was just there. It was kind of just to put in the trailer and be like, "What? Bill Murray's in this?" That kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So I, I like that whole sequence again. I like the space fights, and, or the it's it's very Star Wars. Like they're in the cantina. That's like the same thing as the cantina fight kind of deal. Um, and uh, Hank throws the. A uh, Pym particle thing at the little octopus-looking monster. I don't know. I just like all these these visuals. Yeah. No, I thought that like was a the, good bit. The set design, and then he picks up Bill Murray, and like eats him. I and the whole fight sequence. I again. I think this is is this because the other two are kind of like heist movies. Well, the first one is for sure, and then the second one. I don't know what the deal with the second one is. I'm just, yeah. It's not. I, I don't know what kind of movie it so is. i'm so fatigued from that movie but this movie actually they're fighting in it and the first one he's doing a heist so ant-man like he, he punches people but it's not really like that's really all he does he punches and he shrinks that's kind of it and this really got creative with how he could fight yeah And I enjoyed that. And he does that a lot in the Avengers movies or Captain America.
0: I do. I am a little concerned, though, because about that everyone in this movie has the same powers, you know? Yes. Like that. Well, that's they kind of I mean, maybe if you kind of sunset Ant-Man and the Wasp. And so it's just the daughter now who has these powers. It's okay, But like seeing all of them in the movie when they all they're so overlapping Yes, is a little like it. Just it just limits what kind of creativity you can have.
1: That also we have discussed several times on the show. The mirror matchup where Corey stole in the first movie yeah. is the same thing. Uh, Killmonger and Black Panther is the same thing. Iron Man and Obadiah, same thing. Uh, which I we have both discussed. I think we are not that fond yeah. of a mirror matchup. I think ant-man versus kang is a much more interesting power yeah, dynamic. which by
0: the way i haven't mentioned kang in all of my character complaints because he's like the only character that has any development
1: <laughs> his yeah well his motivation is clear from the start
0: yes and uh, he is like to i was just gonna say he is go, i think easily the ahead. best thing about this movie right like i i don't think it's
1: uh yeah i i think did you so Okay. My staff actually had complaints against Kang because they all love the end of Loki, mm-hmm. and they thought, and I didn't have this problem at all. I really like Kang in this movie, and this is Kang the Conqueror, but... They didn't like how he was very monotone in this, and at the end of Loki, he's batshit, and his his voice is all over the place, and he's like basically singing when he talks. And this is he's like, "I am the conqueror. I am going to kill you." Well, it, uh, I
0: don't think that was necessarily a problem because he just seemed really pissed. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's and that's also and also the bored, conqueror. like being in Quantum Realm variant. for him is like is like watching paint dry. Yeah, I again, I like him in this movie, and I like how we have a villain who can be several different versions of himself and be different with each one. I like that a lot. Uh, so Kang the Conqueror is introduced... Have we gotten to him yet? Where we're Bill Murray and the Cantina and Scott and Cassie are hanging out. Um, does Kang come first or does MODOK come first?
0: I don't know. But we can talk about MODOK since we haven't already.
1: Okay. I thought MODOK was... Was one of the just the conversations with Modoc was one of the funniest parts of this movie. Yes, I will say I loved even uh, and a lot of people. I there were audible groans when you saw his face, the CGI, yeah. like in and I was like, well, also, there's no proper way to do Modoc in a live action no. movie. He is such a cartoon, and it's weird that they tried. But I like that they did it, and he's dead at the end, so it looks like he's not going to come back. Yes,
0: kind of. I, I thought uh, they handled Modok so like pretty well. Like, I don't know if you could have done the CG for the face better. It's hard to think of a way. Like, and I, I felt like after the reveal, my brain kind of got used to it and was okay with it. Like, I can see why they landed where they did.
1: Yeah, I was totally fine with it, but I watching this movie in the theater with these people was like how I watched them with you back in the day where I was just like there's this very negative energy in the room with me and it's preventing me from having fun (laughs) Uh, and then you ended up loving Marvel (laughs) Uh, and now I wish you were there when we watched this Um, but yeah I I don't know I really enjoyed Modoc. I love how each member of like each person related to him Hank Scott and hope all see him and say darren yeah like immediate, like they're so shocked and they interrupt whatever he's saying to call him and be like how are you here like this is crazy um jumping ahead a bit but also one of the funniest parts of the movie for me i really don't like the it's never too late to be a dick i thought that was kind of dumb yeah that was a pretty lame joke it felt kind of like the Robin Shcherbatsky, uh, Maria Hill in age of Ultron, where Thor and iron man are talking about, uh, their love interests. And she coughs and says testosterone, mm. which, yeah. uh, was a joke that you did not enjoy. And I also didn't really enjoy it. That's kind of what that felt like. Yes. But then Modoc dies and he says, and I died in Avenger. And that was hilarious. Yes. No, and his Scott's death. Like, yeah. You made the team. So <laughs> yeah, you <he> made it <laughs>
0: We're just to talk about humor broadly in this movie. I thought there was some okay. funny stuff early on, like what you're saying with this book and that kind of thing. And then yeah. I felt like there was like a drought of humor in the middle of this movie. Where they were like, like mm. p- kind of when the flashback when it's Janet and Kang and they're going over their thing. Like uh, surrounding that, I feel like there is a while. I think Modoc does come in there. It's kind of like after yeah. the Bill Murray part. But the first Modoc thing didn't really crack me up. And then we eventually we go through for like a while nothing seems funny to me and well the,
1: kang is the least funny person in a movie because he's so serious. yeah, yeah. which is so
0: fine. then so yeah we go for a long time without humor and then the time where i really noticed that the humor had come back was when they try to pay off that holes bit um yeah. which i like that see bit. i like it well my problem was it was just like oh we're doing jokes again that's that's yeah. weird. Like during the middle of this climactic fight, we've decided to be funny again, um, and then and then huh. we go to the Modoc thing, and that I find genuinely funny. But my audience that I was watching uh-huh. with complete yeah. silence, which I was like, oh, that's kind of rough. I actually think this is pretty funny,
1: but like, yeah, but, where but he's I, saying like I died in an Avenger and he's vomiting? Yeah, everywhere. but I like, think at yeah. that point
0: the audience was not having it. Like, had checked out. I, of the I movie. started to get like. Like, I had a mental note that was just like, this might be a little bad for the MCU. Like, if general audiences all react like this to this movie, there's actually going to be a little bit of, like, reckoning, I think, in the uh, MCU headquarters.
1: Which I think is why they pushed back the Marvels. Yeah, Because Captain Marvel had a very vocal minority on the internet saying, this movie sucks. Even though, critically, it was very well done, or very well received... Uh, I liked it a lot. You liked it, I believe. Yeah. I think it's a very strong movie. Um, but this one is Miss Marvel, whose show had the least viewers of any of the Marvel shows on Disney+, and Monica Rambeau, who is a side character in uh, WandaVision, yeah. like, which is a weird place for her to show up, but it worked just to introduce her character. So, honestly... The fatigue that it seems the people are getting from this movie, I thought was going to happen with the Marvels. Yeah, Because Guardians 3 is coming out in May. Everyone's going to love that, obviously, because everyone loves the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, and James Gunn is one of their more competent filmmakers. Is Peyton Reed their least competent filmmaker?
0: So that, that's kind of what I'm thinking, is I feel like a lot of the beats in this movie yeah. are good. Like, I I think the outline that Feige signed off with could have made a good movie. If, like, say you gave it to Taika Waititi, Circle Ragnarok, or just, I don't know, like, some director that has a better idea of, like, how to... Because, like, like again, there's, like, these hints of where you could have had characters. There's a sense of where a story could have really be, and yet it just never... Like, it feels like every time it could like whiff it whiffs
1: it's so weird that they've been so good and even this this goes back all the way to 2018 so i don't know why they didn't stick with this like historically if they had a movie that didn't make money they'd swap out the director so you get iron man one hit iron man two you get favreau back doesn't make money they bring on a new director for three captain america one doesn't hit. New director. Russo Brothers. It hits. They get to do Civil War. They get to do two Avengers movies. Joss Whedon directs Avengers 1. Directs Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron doesn't hit what it's supposed to do. Peyton yeah. Reed, with the first Ant Man movie, makes 500 million worldwide, which I guess in 2015 is kind of par for the course with these movies because we're only two years after Thor the Dark World and other ones that are around the 500 range. But there's a period of time starting with let's see uh after Ragnarok. So Black Panther from Black Panther until Endgame and Spider-Man. Yeah, so but there's so between Black Panther and Spider-Man Far From Home, there is only one movie that makes less than a billion dollars and mm-hmm. it is Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I was shocked that they decided to bring Peyton Reed back to direct the third one.
0: Yeah, I was just because, looking at his IMDB just to see what else yeah. and it's like nothing. Is it like a ghost town? He like directs no. some TV here and there.
1: He did step it up, uh and he did a couple like rom coms, I think. Yeah, yeah.
0: And some T V movies. So,
1: so weird that they brought him back to do this one. Especially if they're doing a complete direction and they're getting rid of a completely different direction. They're getting rid of all of the characters that he has started in his first two movies, and they still bring him back. Like, is he getting paid significantly less than the rest of the directors? Or, or does he so have much? like some
0: blackmail on?
1: Yeah, what? Kevin why? Feige. <laughs> why did they invite him back? Yeah, like this is so. Ugh, oh, I, I, yeah. That he's. I think again. I like this movie. I think it's better than the other two that he directed. But I think it could be truly great if they had a different director. I think the script's also fine. Like, I have no problem with this script, necessarily. Uh, You can add a couple things, perhaps, if you want more plot arc and character development. That's fine. But I think a good director would also kind of pick up on that stuff and kind of make that happen on the camera. Yeah,
0: I mean, this is one of those where it's, it's kind of hard to diagnose where exactly it lost the magic because it's it's way out there right but we've also seen it's stuff that's way out there weird. work and it's maybe a little hard to dial in on like when it's working when it's not working when it's a little outside the box like this but this definitely overall like lost me and never really pulled me back on
1: what was so is ragnarok the only one that's like really out there that is an absolute smash hit what else would you i guess multiverse of madness is very out there and we both love that movie yeah but i do think yeah. that was a bit polarizing and some audiences were like this is really dumb why does he have a cape made of skulls yeah uh that one would be an is, interesting like, one corpse. for me
0: to Compare and contrast, like rewatch both of these, and then try to explain why I think one works and one doesn't. Um,
1: well, I'll tell you why. Sam Raimi is like an actually very competent director and paid. That's Rita's definitely knowledge. a big part.
0: And even like I don't know if I would credit him for having very good. Um, I haven't. I haven't watched. You know. I mean. I guess I've watched the original Spider Man. And Evil Dead 2. But I'm, I'm not saying, like, I'm a, I don't have that huge
1: background oh, in man. Raimi. He has so many. You should watch A Simple Plan. Hmm. That movie's very good. Um, Evil Dead 2 is great. I like all of the Evil Dead movies. But, like, that um,
0: movie, Evil Dead 2, for instance, is a movie yeah. that is just, like... So weird. It's so weird, but it's, it's like just so there. interesting that you can't, like, look away. But it's not like you really have character development that. You just have a guy who's, like... No. But, well... Okay, I say that, but you do have at least development of, like, the character's kind of presence. Like, he is getting altered by the things that are happening to him, often just, like, yeah. physically like he's yes. just like
1: his, his almost exclusively
0: physically yeah well he's also like kind of losing his mind as all these things are happening which fair enough if you were in that situation yeah. you'd be losing yeah your mind. he's going through some shit But like you're you kind of like see the residue of the action on him whereas like all the characters in this movie it doesn't feel like they've been very changed at all like almost that to the point where it's a joke for paul rudd
1: that is interesting that evil dead too we're talking about that because i felt the same way watching that that i did watching this it's just kind of a vibe and you're just watching shit happen to characters you're watching characters do stuff i don't really care about the consequences necessarily which i guess if you're starting phase five and you're introducing kang the conqueror which i think they did a good job of doing i think he is a menacing threat and especially with the post credit scenes, which we can discuss later. Um, I think they did a good job setting him up for the future.
0: But what's so tough overall, though is is when people go to watch Avengers the Kang Conqueror Boy. Kang Dynasty. They're going to have to come back and and binge this as part of catching up. And this is a really rough start. So I, um, I think that's gonna be I, I it's just weird that's bad for the MCU. I feel like,
1: <laughs> so let's go through all of the phase starters, shall we? Cause I don't think this is the worst one.
0: Yeah. I do have a couple more notes on the movie. I don't know if we want to try to get through. No, the we, I want to keep going through okay. the plot. We're not done.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cause I like this and I want to defend it as much as I can. <laughs> um, so phase one, start Iron Man one, really good movie. Nothing wrong with it. Phase two starter is, I guess I should pull up the thing just so I get them 100% right, Um, Iron Man 3. Better movie, I would say. Probably better than Iron Man 1. Phase 3 starter, Civil War. Really, really, really good. Uh, They've gotten better, like, progressively. And then you start with Black Widow, which is, if... I was to ever be worried about the MCU. I think the start of Phase 4 would have been... Because at least with this, they're doing something completely interesting and they're trying to be different. And I think they will eventually figure that out when they get to the end of Phase 5, like what they're intentionally trying to do. Mm -hmm. But Black Widow, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and Eternals, all back-to-back, that that is such a weird start to a phase. Yeah, And this, we're going to get... This Guardians three, which I think will be an undeniable hit, like it's it's very hard to believe that that flops or that does not ha- satisfy critics and audiences. That would be very unexpected. Mm-hmm. And then the Marvels is going to be, I anyone's game. Nia Dacosta is directing. I think she's a great director. I love the Candyman reboot, um, but I think for whatever reason the. Uh, vocal minority on the internet is already going to have the predisposition of hating that movie before it comes out whether or not they make it completely different from Captain Marvel
0: yeah I mean I just think you know we this is what we talked about on the last episode is kind of staying the course yeah Um, I still agree with that mostly like in terms of not listening to trolls but I think you know obviously with ant-man and the Wasp, you don't stay that course but i also <laughs> which, don't think that's really indicative of what they've been doing like the things that other people like some people are going to look at this movie and they're going to be like yeah i i haven't liked marvel since you know like whatever black widow or shang chi or something or eternals they'll probably say eternals i feel like
1: sure um, that those feel like the first but which is crazy because i like eternals more than both of those other movies
0: but but I I think this is a a distinct departure from those in terms of just being like a less enjoyable like less I don't know it just like maybe yeah maybe it's all on Peyton Reed I don't know it just it just felt like the ball got dropped somewhere and I mean the director is the is the altar so maybe he's the one who should get the blame
1: I blamed him for the other two, so yeah, I think because it's crazy too that you simultaneously you have the Ant Man franchise and Avengers stuff happening, and Paul Rudd is funny when the Russos are directing him. Like that's so weird that Peyton Reed can't make the character that he is making movies about funny. And Paul Rudd, it's Paul Rudd. How do you not make Paul Rudd? funny? Yeah, it's really hard. Like it's very hard. Like you just set up, up a static.
0: Like you could probably just like uh, sneak a camera into Paul Rudd's living room and let it oh, yeah. film for an hour and it would be funnier than the ant-man trilogy
1: well <laughs> definitely ant-man 1 and 2 because again i think this movie's very funny this i don't is it my what i think like did i laugh the most at this movie than any other mcu movie i'm trying to think
0: i mean this like, movie had the, i i will say it had some funny parts but i don't think it was nearly consistent enough to go up against like ragnarok
1: Ragnarok's very funny, uh, and then Love and Thunder is less funny, but it kind of does the like, same. Like in thing a lot of Ragnarok ways, this does. feels
0: like a cheap imitation of Ragnarok. Like we already discussed, how it kind of throws yeah. away some stuff, and then also they had like Jeff Goldblum come in, and here you have Bill Murray come in. Yeah,
1: yeah, for it, sure. It feels
0: like I don't know. It feels like Peyton Reed is someone who can recognize a good idea but cannot implement a good one.
1: <laughs> the only thing you're missing is that other thing that was driving Ragnarok is you have the Hulk in it as a main lead throughout and they didn't really you have the Wasp because she's part of the franchise but if you're going to do that rebrand thing then you're not going to have another Avenger I guess, with you if you're doing if you're having the Wasp as your co-hero. And again, their powers are the same. I think Thor and Hulk, that's a very interesting matchup because they're both very strong. We've already seen them fight in Avengers 1, which was a very interesting, fun fight. Um, and then they're in the Gladiator Arena. This, you kind of just have two people who can shrink. Uh, and the Wasp has lasers, I suppose. I don't know. I, again, I'm kind of just watching them and cassie throughout this movie they've mastered their powers. so this is this is the third movie of a trilogy where they've figured it out they're firing on all cylinders it felt like iron man 3 at the end where he has all the suits and he's just god basically he's omniscient um all right should we do some more plot points yeah. we, we're on modok yeah let's um so kang modok is we, we talked about modok Modoc's arc funny we like it um, Kang is in charge of MODOK and Kang is kind of like all powerful he kidnaps Scott and Cassie and imprisons them and tells Scott like hey I'm going to kill your daughter if you don't get this thing from me what did you think about the sequence with the multiple Paul Rudds and the uh, whatever that thing was the power source for his time machine
0: yeah it felt like it could have been a good sequence it's like they came up with an idea for an interesting visual but they didn't come up with a good explanation to explain it like i know they said it was like these possible realities but then they were like bumping into each other so it's not like it's not like you're seeing ghosts of things that could happen or something like they are physically splitting and yeah it's just like like the whole time i was like and, and like I feel like there should be like some sort of metaphor there, that the characters also grappling with. So again, maybe go back to him exploring, uh, what he ex- what he wants to be after sure. being an adventure, after saving the world. Who are you? Maybe you could use this fracturing of self to explore that. Like there's different things that he wants to be. But instead, it's just a bunch of copies of him, and then that goes for this like lame thing. It's like, but we all love our daughter. Wow and it's oh, just, i thought that was sweet it's sweet I'd it is that. sweet
1: in a very like obvious way sure uh i thought that this movie was not going to have any ants in it yeah and because they're in the quantum realm like how do ants exist and so this were the, these were the ants these were the ants, and that's kind of like a, a full circle It definitely thing. looked like, like ants. We, this is the
0: thing the ants do. I can see how they got there. It yeah. just felt like they there was like, a, again, like you just turn it a little bit more, you squeeze a little bit more juice out, and suddenly it's a good idea, whereas right now it just feels like a missed opportunity.
1: I like the Baskin Robbins, Paul Rudd there with the rest of them. It reminded me of, have you seen The Simpsons, Treehouse of Horror, where they... Uh, Homer gets the the hammock that clones him, and he keeps cloning himself. Mm. And then one of the clones is the 1989 pilot Homer Simpson, and he's just saying like his he has his weird voice because it's so long ago, yeah. and he's just standing amongst all these Homers that are like from twenty or 2005 or whatever. Yeah. I thought that was pretty entertaining.
0: So what I would, so it feels like kind of um, again like a little half effort. It's like okay, so you have one. It felt like maybe in the writer's room they did have this idea that, like, what if we have a bunch of different Paul Rudds from different places in his life, like, depending on what decisions they were going to make. And then they started to, like, figure out the practicality of how they would accomplish this and, like, how many days they would have to have Paul Rudd on set in different costumes doing different (laughs) lines. And then they'd have to, like, keep track of where all those characters were in the scene. They're like, actually, it'd be easier if they were all in Ant-Man costumes where we don't even have to animate his face. Like like, you know, he's just, just in a suit with a helmet on, so we can just three D rig it up. And it's and like, oh, that is a lot things. easier. Let's just do that. Let's have them all just be in the suits. So again, it's just another thing where it feels like they just the,
1: That does feel like a Peyton Reed problem. Yeah,
0: the creativity just got backseated to some and other practical I, concern
1: or something. We both previously mentioned on the podcast that we would be very upset if Peyton Reed like ruined Kang because he was so good and low key. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think he ruined Kang. Like I don't know, but I don't he may
0: have made Kang's first impression to general audiences worse than it needed to be. Sure. Which I that's think fair. is a shame. Like, I think that is. And I, I think, you know, like you said something that uh, Peyton Reed was basically like, you let me have some serious stuff to work with, or I'm going to walk you let him walk like like given what he had done there was no reason to trust him with this play like maybe he's just a chill dude that kevin feige personally
1: likes i have no idea what they're it's so weird that he's still like i feel like
0: it must be something like that like this is a guy he he like like i don't know (laughs) like someone who shows up at parties that he goes to and he felt awkward to fire him
1: i'm also curious because This is probably going to make the most money out of all of them, I would think.
0: Yeah, depending on how word of mouth goes. Because I I could see after this weekend, the first group of people see it. And like, because like people know that I watch Marvel stuff because of this podcast. And they'll be like, so how was that? And if they're asking me about this one, I'm going to be like, this might be a skip. Like if you're not a big fan of the other ones, you might skip
1: this one. It's definitely one that I would never recommend to someone who doesn't watch Marvel movies. Yeah. Absolutely not. Like, that was for sure not. But the other thing you need to keep in mind is this is going to be the first Marvel movie available in China since Endgame.
0: Mm.
1: So that is going to make a lot of money. And while the other ones have not. And it's a spectacle.
0: So in China doesn't I don't feel like cares as much. Like, I mean, they're like Transformers movies and stuff. Totally
1: this also, Yeah, exactly. And they loved Aquaman. And this felt a lot like Aquaman, where the, they're throwing so much shit at you. Aquaman is way too long. Um, but that movie is better directed because I love... Um, oh, fuck, I'm blanking on his name. The guy who directed Saw. The guy who directed uh, Furious 7. James Wan. James mm-hmm. Wan. Um, James Wan is a very competent director... Uh, And they put a lot more money into the CGI, it looked like, because it looks looks better. But that movie is absolutely as insane as this. Mm -hmm. But people had fun, and it made a billion dollars. Like, it was a hit, for whatever reason. So I could totally see this being a weird Mm moneymaker in China, and just as like... I don't know, it does seem like America is starting to get Marvel fatigue, Mm -hmm. but I could see this doing well, pretty well in the box So my,
0: my one comment about that is that if this was a good movie, they probably wouldn't have gotten Marvel Fatigue. Like, if this was as good of a movie as... Um, I don't know, I'm looking at my list here, because I, I do think it would have to be like, okay, let's say Spider-Man Homecoming or something. You release that, Marvel Fatigue yeah. doesn't matter. You just made a good movie. Sure. But like, I do, I, but, I, I, I guess I would agree that if this is like a coin flip of a movie, Marvel Fatigue yeah. will put it all onto Tails rather than some going to
1: heads. Yeah. Well, I think you need to consider a friend of the show, Liam O'Connor, who was a diehard Avengers fan. Uh, and then post-Endgame, he just kind of dipped, because Black Widow didn't really like... He liked Shang-Chi, but not to the point where it was like better than any of the previous films, really. Yeah. Uh, and then he hated Eternals. Yeah. And I think those three, back-to-back, all coming out within a six-month span of each other, yeah. is... That's really where I think you start. They
0: they were just a little fatigue. bit too confident in not having a tent pole.
1: They were. Plus, you have COVID, so these movies aren't making any money because people aren't going to theaters specifically. And then Spider-Man kind of brings it all back, but again, that's a Sony movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right after Spider-Man, you have Multiverse of Madness, which you and I both agree rules. Uh, but that was also, I think, people... Maybe not fatigued on that one, but they were very much turned off by it. That one, I would say, I feel like is the
0: most affected by Marvel fatigue. I think if you have this movie in the ramp up to Endgame, people would be like, yay, awesome, I loved it. But it's only because it was after Endgame that that one was even like a 50 50 shot for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I just, that movie's so good. I have no idea why people don't enjoy that.
0: Um, So, well, to move forward in the plot, we have. Okay. We have. Okay, so we went through the thing where he's all fractured and he goes, and then he gives the orb back yes. to Kang, and that's where that's where the rest of the cast come back. The Wasp and, and then all Kang them.
1: has betrayed him, and he leaves the Wasp and Ant Man in whatever the Quantum Realm desert. Uh, and Hank Pym is also there, and Hank Pym now has an army of ants. Yeah, that fell into the Quantum Realm, which was maybe the staff's biggest point of contention with this movie which i loved so there is a way you could have
0: done this where it feels like you know in lord of the rings two towers and yeah. they're like right when the nar- not what everything's going really bad and then you have like the sunrise and the rohan come down the hill and it's like wow sure just when everything was darkest like there's the sun you could have had that it feels like that's what they were going for that totally yeah. does not what this feels like at all. And I, I kind of like I the answer or whatever, but like they just it just they never I quite got get it that to deliver. I
1: So the argument is the ants fell through the portal that everyone got sucked into at the beginning of this movie, and they fell off at a different point in time where they lived a thousand years in a day which is similar to what happens to loki in ragnarok where he falls out of the portal and ends up hanging out with jeff goldblum long before thor gets there and he's been hanging out with jeff goldblum for like a month and for some reason it worked in that movie and now people will not accept this uh not accept it for the ants which again i liked it i like the ants have machine guns they're future ants this i like this this is really fun and the ants that you think aren't going to be in the movie. I thought we got our human ant moment with all the little Paul Rudds running around. But the ants show up, and they, they're, they kick ass, and it's very entertaining. Yeah, they, the ants are um, definitely I, uh, not
0: my problem with this movie. I mean, I think, I think you just they needed to be brought in better, and their payoff, them coming into the fight, should be some sort of payoff for Hank Pym's character. I think if, if you if you sure. make it like a, a good character moment that was like kind of teased earlier, like so yeah. then like, you know, he's feeling like this whole time, you know, like, you know, he's struggling with this sense of his sense of self or whatever. And so then when this moment happens, it's not just like a ra- random deus ex machina that fixes the whole plot. It's also like a culmination of a character moment. Sure. Then I think people would be totally satisfied with it
1: i i was satisfied all the plot points you brought up was how i felt when i watched this movie um
0: another thing that this is we've kind of i think we're about there now is so then we there's a moment where kang's giving a speech to his army of
1: robots he he mentions the dynasty is yeah
0: which is a cool moment but also like why are you giving a speech to robots Like, do robots really need to be motivated? But also, this is, again, a direct parallel to Lord of the Rings. (laughs) This is Sauron giving a speech to the orcs.
1: Yeah. Which, are you saying orcs don't need a speech?
0: Uh, orcs are at least slightly more human, but kind of I feel the same way. Because orcs are, they just do whatever Sauron says.
1: Are these robots? They are robots, but they do,
0: are shown to have have... a little bit of personality.
1: But, because, do they, I... They felt like stormtroopers to me cuz again this is a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Uh and s- stormtroopers are technically clones and they're clones of humans. So that's kind of what I thought was going on. Does any do any of them lift up their mask at any
0: point? No, I, and I think we even see one of them with like their head broken open or something. I thought it was like a huh. robot
1: head. Maybe. I don't remember that. I always I assumed they were it was a stormtrooper situation, which I'm fine with him giving a speech to clones. That's fine.
0: Well, but, okay, so what I th- think is kind of funny about it is is it's, like, they only do it so that she can then hijack it. Also, weird level of technical incompetence by Kang to be able to be hacked by Cassie and this one rebel woman who looks like, like, I don't know, she looks like a barbarian or something. So it's funny that they I, they have that technical skill that basically Rick of Rick and Morty of the Marvel Universe
1: yes can't oh i was unprepared oh, you Kang for this. is rick
0: yeah oh absolutely he's rick i mean <laughs> that's interesting i mean there's the there's the whole council
1: of ricks there's a council of Kang's. Yeah, the council of kings that's true that's a good point he doesn't have a morty though not yet <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting uh yeah i don't know he gave a speech i it does feel a little bit like Iron Man 2 where Black Widow is all of a sudden really good at coding. But again, I think that tracks because she's like an international spy. Got to be good at that stuff. And Janet, is it Janet who overcomes the... Or it's the... it's the,
0: Yeah, it's the rebel alliance the leader yeah, who, who, who definitely yeah, have rebel not, not established as having... She fights with a spear. <laughs> and yet she's yes. also a, a secret computer
1: hacker. Or were we supposed Cassie did it? But Cassie... I don't is know. she it's supposed to be diff- hacker? Cassie... Yeah, Cassie built the thing that got them sucked into the universe. I, well, into the that's like an world.
0: engineering project. I don't know if she's supposed to be a hacker, especially when it comes to Kang technology, Quantum Mania technology. I'm pretty sure it's the same thing. This is just classic Marvel's, like, ah, yada, yada. This she is, just did it. Don't worry one. about
1: it. This is season <laughs> don't one. Don't
0: sweat it. She just did it. <laughs> she did it.
1: She did the thing. There was a
0: pipe that was going from Kang's room, and then it would go out, and then they, they switched the pipe, and now she's the one who gets the
1: message out. I would also think that Kang is the type of being who is so like overly confident in his ability and his ability to kill. He didn't expect anyone to break free out of there. That cell. would be convenient if they
0: established them. that, <laughs> but they said nothing
1: <laughs> of the sort. Oh, that's kind of what I drew from. Um, it. what else? Uh, ch- 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 ant shows up uh, janet fixes the power core. Oh,
0: this is kind of a, just a cgi kind of flaw but they they showed <laughs> the city as being huge massive mm-hmm. presumably filled with these robot people or whatever and then they Lones. show the rebel force and it mm-hmm. never really looks more than like a hundred people
1: like, oh yeah, no, it's it's a Return of the King city,
0: but like, and sometimes they like try to act like it's like like sometimes in like a really wide shot of the city, it looks like it's suddenly way more. But then whenever it's close, you're like, oh, there's the same hundred group of like you know, there's the holes guy, and there's uh, laser face, and there's laser, uh, the lady with the spear, and their group of fifty people yeah. with them. But they did a very bad job it, of conveying how big this force is supposed to be and why they're even mildly successful before they get turned away
1: i don't think they're that big i think that it's like return of the king where they're very outnumbered and then the ghosts show up in this case it's ants the ants show up and they help them win the war yeah and they carry off kang kang and scott have a final showdown uh, the other thing, yeah, my staff was complaining about that Kang was overrun by ants and maybe circling back. Well, thousand-year-old
0: super re- civilization level two ants. That's
1: what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> um, and he also theoretically defeated all the ants because he got away and he got to fight Scott for a final showdown. Yeah. So he hypothetically killed all of the ants, or at least enough uh, enough to get away. Uh, so that totally tracks. I don't have a problem with that. I like the fight sequence with Scott at the end. Um, and he's basically trying to be like, I I thought that moment was tense where he's, he stays behind in the quantum realm to make sure Kang doesn't get through. I think there's a lot of suspense there. And then the wasp comes back through the portal, which is, I think if you're going to give her any arc, this is the closest it comes Yeah, that she's like an advocate for Scott or she.
0: Yeah. Like, like maybe, I don't know Something interesting you could have done is maybe have for whatever reason public uh public attention on Scott has turned for the negative. Like, yeah. who knows? He gets involved with some stupid scandal, he gets caught sure. and so then she's like, you know, his supporters like I'll I'll I always have you your back, you know that. And then like really yeah. test that in the movie and then have this be the moment where she fulfills like that test or something it's like i actually will but right now like as it was there's like there's no doubt that she would save him because one she has no personality and she just exists to support ant-man so why wouldn't (laughs) she do this she has no internal
1: life (laughs) no but i i like when she showed up it made me feel like uh oh it's ant-man and the wasp that's the name of the movie (laughs) and then they both take down kang together um and like throw him into uh what like the engine and the engine implodes on itself. And I guess that we're implied to, that leads us to believe that either Kang has teleported to somewhere else, kind of like a Scarlet witch death at the end of multiverse of madness, or it has killed the conqueror variation of Kane, which I, I don't, I don't
0: yeah, yeah, I don't think, good, I think, I think he will pop back up somewhere. He is, he is yeah. the Kang, just like the Rick and Rick and Morty's the Rickest Rick. I think he's the Kangus Kang.
1: Well, because the council of Kang, um, this is a post credit, so I guess yeah, him being
0: convinced, we're almost him being convinced, or the the council being convinced that he's dead is like the most proof you need to show that clearly he's still alive.
1: Yeah, well, because in the comic, like in the Kang Dynasty comic, I believe it is like five main Kangs, and we saw at least three of them at the end. Yeah, Um, Rama Tut, I think, is the name of one of them. He's the pharaoh looking one. Um, and he is apparently going to be the villain in the fantastic four movie. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and then there are the other two and I don't know their deal, but there are like five main Kangs who kind of split up conquering earth where the Avengers are and taking over six one six. You know
0: what I think is interesting is like those, those low level Kangs. It's like, it's hard to imagine a Kang that's cool. Just being like, Hey, I'm just one of the Kang audience people. (laughs) From where yeah. I come from, well, that's it's not that stressful, so I just, I don't mind.
1: <laughs> those are kind of the Mortys of the universe, yeah. like Well, just but like, it's the same problem
0: with like the Rick and Morty, like the Ricks that are not even like stupid Rick, but just like the smart Ricks that are willing to be part of the Council of Ricks. It's like that's weird yeah. that, like everything about Rick's character has this individuality over everything, so it's weird that Ricks that are just like Rick could not could would be willing to tolerate that system at all and it's the same thing for kang sure. if their whole if the essence of kang is to be the number one the top dog yeah. of the universe it's hard to imagine that this many of them would agree to be part of a group
1: sure but it i, I mean that's I mean, it's that's something
0: just... they could explore and could be interesting it's not like i'm not i'm not shitting
1: on it right now it also cements the fact that this is a straight-up Rick and Morty episode. Like a two-hour Rick and Morty episode. Yeah, and well, uh,
0: do, If Dan Harmon had directed this or written it or whatever, yeah, this sure. could have been a bop. But, of course, Justin Roiland probably would have been involved, which would have
1: been bad. <laughs> That's true. And that would have been very bad PR right before yeah. this movie came out. <laughs> like months before. Yeah.
0: And I mean, Dan Harmon <laughs> well, himself
1: is not without... <laughs> uh trouble no. but he but he knows think, story
0: structure. Can't can't argue with that.
1: Yeah, he sure does. And he has there's a weird he's somehow like made the MCU what it is because of like the pipeline from Community and Rick and Morty. All those writers went on to write for Marvel. Interesting. Like it's so yeah. weird that they all and then that's why all the community characters have cameos in these right. movies. Huh. Because they're um McFreely, I think, or Stevenson, McFreely, uh, whoever wrote the Avengers movies, I think, Endgame and Infinity War, I think they started on Rick and Morty. There's a whole bunch. Of, I don't, I don't know the specific people who are involved, but a lot of Rick and Morty writers and showrunners moved on to Marvel after that. And Community, same with Community. Mm-hmm. Um. Another thing that uh, my staff was complaining about was what you're saying with Kang like it kind of ruins if this is the next Thanos this is not a good first outing my counter argument to that is our first exposure to Thanos is the end of Avengers 1 where he shows up and he's in completely different CGI and I think the only advantage there is we don't see him do anything he just kind of sits there and he just grins maniacally and that's like, oh, that's what Thanos is going to do. And then Age of Ultron, uh, he shows up in maybe the one of the worst post-credit scenes where Thanos is supposed to be showing up at any point and Joss is like, I don't know what to do with him, let's just put him in the post-credit scene. And he goes to get the gauntlet and he says, fine, I will do it myself. Hmm. And I thought that post-credits was very lame and I wasn't really looking forward to Thanos until he debuted in infinity war. Oh, actually he's in guardians of the galaxy one, which again is not really, I I'm not excited for Thanos until I see him in infinity war. So I think we're going to be hyped for Kang when Kang dynasty comes around.
0: Yeah. I, I just, it'll be, I wonder if they'll almost have to recap some of this in a different movie just like his or or, or just a different show or something because I think if Marvel really expects everyone to go back and watch this I'm skeptical they will though maybe they'll just expect people to look up a YouTube synopsis
1: I think they'll also a lot more Kang stuff is going to be talked about in Loki season. yeah the
0: the other post credit scene
1: yes um, where which is a very honestly like these two post credit scenes I'm trying to think of Recent memory, like, what's a better post-credit scene?
0: Yeah, I'll, I I was just looking at the stuff that's come out since Endgame. Yeah. And I think, like, WandaVision, Loki, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness are yeah. the three best. Well, Spider-Man No Way Home, I, I would, guess.
1: Yeah, No Way Home for sure. That I would put all... Yeah, those four are probably at my top of phase four.
0: But there's a lot of things on this list.
1: Well, that's why they are taking a step back. They've become too much content. And some worked. And even stuff like Moon Knight. Like, a lot of people watched Moon Knight. But I don't know... Except you. You did not watch Moon Knight. Nope. Um, But a lot of people were in it. I'm sure they will do stuff with Moon Knight in the future. Uh... Yeah, so the post credit scene number two is Loki um, is with Mobius, and they went back in time to view... Presumably where younger... Kang came from, like yeah. Kang before Kang is Kang. The origin. Although they do talk about that at the end of Loki, he was a scientist from the 31st century who went back in time hmm. with all of his knowledge or whatever. They explain it. It's been a while since I've watched yeah. Loki. Um, and I think also the Fantastic Four movie is going to because that's their element like the whole quantum realm and kang and he's a force that they deal yeah. with all that sciencey stuff well, so I, I don't think this will be a i mean obviously all things are required watch in marvel but i don't think this is going to be one that people will need to see to
0: which watch is a, sh- a shame right because well i mean again there maybe maybe this movie would just never have been good because we just have no faith in the director but yeah if you'd had less kang here but still some kang yeah maybe you could have t- told a more full story about the cast of characters that we were supposed to care about instead the f- most full story we get is about Kang but yeah. now like the, the movie that he's packaged in is almost not worth going back to rewatch so if you were looking to do a lot of exposition about Kang you almost haven't even accomplished that because how many people are going to come back and watch this movie
1: just me once a year every year forever All right, I gotta rate this thing all right, let's uh well, well, I guess let's talk about the very end of the movie where Scott's like, "Wait, this Kang the Conqueror right before I killed him said there were a whole bunch of other Kangs coming?" Was that a real deal? Nah, probably not. Everything's fine. Yeah. And then it cuts to credits. It's pretty good. Uh but yeah, let's uh let's rank this thing.
0: I'm giving it a 2 point. Oh my
1: god. 5. It's tied with the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Um, uh, wow, so you have not liked... You liked Wakanda Forever. That was a five. That's pretty high. Yeah. But the last two Marvel things you have not enjoyed.
0: No. That was... <laughs> I, I did not overall enjoy my theater experience. Is this, it, this 2.5 represents Kang. It represents some of the like overall art design and the few moments where the comedy worked
1: those add up to oh I think it worked a lot okay hold on I gotta scale through your ratings okay so for people at home Jordan gave Ant-Man 1 a 3 and Ant-Man and the Wasp a 2 so you like Ant-Man 1 more than this yeah that's wild when you recorded that podcast episode you watched Granted, you watched it in the theaters already. But when you rewatch it for the podcast, you watched it at 1.25 speed. And I would watch this at two times speed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I Okay, so this is... Well, you like it more than Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2. And...
0: Age of Ultron. As ties. much as Age yeah. of
1: Ultron. Uh, you like it more than Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yeah, that's See Age of
0: Ultron weird. also is not a movie with a lot of character. It's just a movie where stuff happens. Oh.
1: It's just a filler episode. It's an Avengers filler episode.
0: But man, look at what an anomaly Ant-Man and the Wasp is on mine. Like we are in Green City from Captain America's Civil yeah. War until Loki. It is like such Green a for solid Rome
1: is high ratings and the lower they are, are not green. They are red. Yes, that is true. Uh, again, why did Peyton Reed get the keys to this? Kingdom? It is inexplicable. <laughs> Cause yeah, you have Spider-Man homecoming through WandaVision is basically all green. Well, captain Marvel is yellow, which is the middle. Well, It's a four out of six. You... That's
0: like as much as I gave the first iron man.
1: Yeah. You should rate those higher. Those are good. And movies. they're Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow this is fascinating This is But, like, people but you
0: also love You charts. have a similar kind of green spot In the middle I mean all of your stuff is greener than my stuff That's true By the way we're also using yes. conditional formatting So everything uh, Not only does it span from green to red But it does it in like a gradient So it's very You can distinguish yes. between a 5.5 And a 6 rated movie
1: Yes which I have several sixes, and you have. We now. have
0: an unnecessarily fancy spreadsheet for this.
1: We do, and no one can see it. But us. I know it's
0: really cool. Like we have we have a standard. We have like a standard deviation it. too, of how much yeah. me and K tend to dis- disagree. Which, for the record, is about two thirds of an Avenger.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, not here. It's not. No. Not in this particular. No, we got to add that in, huh? I'm so That's curious cool, how this know. is going to. This is one of our biggest differences. On, oh, for sure. This is huge. I can't early. believe you like Ant-Man 1. I can't believe you like yeah. Ant Man 1 more than this. That's just crazy. You need to re-watch Ant-Man 1 eight times like I did. <laughs> I am very curious how this is going to because I put this above Love and Thunder. And Love and Thunder on Rewatch, already I was not enjoying it nearly as much as the first time, and I've only seen it twice. Well, I've seen it three times now. This movie I've been thinking about it more, and I think it could be like Eternals, where a whole bunch of people hate it and I will just come to its aid because I'm a Marvel advocate.
0: A Marvel martyr?
1: Eternals Yeah, for what for better or for worse. But like I think Eternals is great. I like Eternals a lot more than a lot of people do. Um and during Ranksgiving, like it moved way up. What do I give Eternals now? Eternals is I gave it a four point eight three and you gave it a three point eight three so that's a whole Avenger difference and our so our biggest difference is probably incredible Hulk which is a two point five spread yeah, it's pretty tough that's pretty big again it's uh well that's the worst one, so that one's the hardest to defend hopefully it'll never get as bad as that again we will see <laughs> oh man um so, yeah, we're not going to have an episode for a while because, well, I mean, Guardians is three months away and there's supposed to be secret invasion before that. I don't know what they're doing with that because now they're, they've moved all the TV schedule back. Um, and we don't have a hundredth episode spectacular this year where I have to call a whole bunch of oh, people. I just realized
0: this isn't standard deviation. This is our average difference. That's a different thing.
1: Oh well, I'm sure all the people at home who can't see. I did the a standard deviation. You made
0: that clarification. I did a standard deviation on our white album.
1: Oh Rank. yes, very important. Um, and now we're at forty. Well, We need to change these averages as well. No, I fixed them. Uh, no, because it's at forty. I just looked. at All the other ones are right. Oh okay. Um, so our average rating of the average at ratings is a 4.26. Yeah. So both of ours combined we like Marvel 4.26 adventures worth.
0: But okay, so one thing um, that's interesting to me is that my average rating yes. is a 3.91 which is below Iron Man 1. And yeah, like that for a long time has been my parameter of whether or not I like a movie and I I bet I was above like, if we were to take off this last the last ten items, I bet I'm above a
1: four. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's, if you were to take off the last two items, I think you're above a four. Maybe. Maybe. I think if you get rid of the Guardians Christmas Special and Quantumania, I think you're above. Which I gave a four and 4.5, respectively.
0: Yeah. You know, um, I, yeah. I, I, I will be... I am still, you know, going to whatever the next Marvel thing is cuz you know, <laughs> at this point we we You're into We pitched our wagon point. to it, yeah.
1: Yeah. But you have
0: to I I think that this movie must be prompting some uh a little bit of I'm sure people are having a lot of meetings on today and on monday there's going to be a lot of discussion about okay so what is our strategy and also they're going to work through the weekend because of i assume if you're like uh an executive in marvel you probably don't get to actually have vacations
1: uh no kevin feige never at least
0: not after a movie comes out there's no way you get the weekend off you're answering emails all weekend
1: yeah god this has got to be so stressful for him yeah poor kevin he's given us so much Everyone, happiness, and people still have the audacity to shit thoughts on thoughts
0: and prayers for kevin in this trying time
1: <laughs> but you're i mean the the good thing is we have guardians volume three right after this which i assume you're excited i for.
0: mean i think what a lot of these movies show is that it still comes back to having good characters and a good director and I, I do believe that the Guardians are much more interesting characters than the cast of Ant Man and the Wasp. Just as a franchise, like each of the Guardians have sure. have a unique thing. You don't have three Ant Men. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And and you also they are different. It's obvious that James Gunn is a talented director.
1: Yeah, so much so that he's now spearheading. He's the Kevin Foggy of DC. Right yeah,
0: now. and let this be a lesson to him that you can't just like you you can never just get a hired gun. Which I feel like Peyton Reed is like, it's like Kevin Feige had a plan and he's like, well, he doesn't have to do anything crazy. He just has to do what I tell him. But no, you do need someone who can do more than just like make a movie.
1: It just doesn't make sense that every other director who has had a bad movie immediately. And even with Captain Marvel, they recast the Fleck uh, siblings. Captain Marvel made a billion dollars and they pivoted to a new director. Yeah. Why? I have no idea why they did, unless maybe, I know with Scott Derrickson, like Doctor Strange was a hit and they wanted him to make Doctor Strange too. but he was like, what if we made it R-rated and Kevin Feige was like, get the fuck out of here.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, And then they got Sam Raimi. That's the other thing. Kevin Feige can always replace you with someone better than you. Like, why is Peyton Reed like even an option at this point? It's so fascinating. And... The only reason I enjoy this movie so much is because the other two are so underwhelming in my eyes.
0: Yeah. Now,
1: if this was the third to any other trilogy, I would probably be let down, but that's how low the bar is for the Ant-Men.
0: And it's just like, if we go back to our Duzzy's episode that everyone else just listened to before they listened to this one. Yeah, it's fresh, fresh. We content. were both tentatively, Cautiously optimistic for this because we're like surely this will yeah. like and you you say yes it did it was the best of these terrible really three worked. movies yeah but
1: I say no yeah. oh absolutely <laughs> I was disappointed I can't believe I just I think if you rewatch Ant Man one like you would change your mind
0: <laughs> I might just lower Ant Man one score <laughs>
1: <laughs> well that I'd be fine with that too yeah uh, because. I gave it slightly more than you. Yeah, all right. So moral of the story, this movie's pretty okay. Check it out in 3D. Uh, and Jordan should get a letterbox. I'm Noah doesn't on my letterbox, so you should be Marv L sucks.
0: Oh, that does sound right.
1: You should Once I, it. Once well, I gotta, it's uh, pass
0: f- the bar, I'll celebrate by making a letterbox.
1: Pass the bar? That's going to be a while from now.
0: I mean, it'll be this year. Yeah, but that's months away. <laughs> I know, but till then, I'm so busy. <laughs> yeah,
1: you should just I've watch a to lot of movies. finish
0: law school, move cities, get married, and take the
1: bar exam.
0: I can't, I'll have I time have for a watch. letterbox, you madman.
1: <laughs> I have to watch Mania like two more times in theaters. <laughs> oh, man. All um, right, well, does that do well, it? Well, I guess that does it i guess that does it all right
0: i've been jordan peoples and marvel has truly
1: sucked (laughs) uh i'm cade weiberg and even after all these years he's still wrong it doesn't suck (laughs) sucks a little bit